Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Orion has recently entered into partnerships with Infrastructure Masons, an organization that helps data center professionals connect, grow, and give back, and Salute Mission Critical, a premier IT data center lifestyle services company. Lee Kirby, an Army veteran with a successful military career spanning over 36 years, joins the show to discuss his military background and why the data center is a great fit for veterans. Lee is on the Advisory Council for Infrastructure Masons, as well as the co-founder and chairman for Salute Mission Critical. If you're unsure about whether a career in data centers is for you, Lee makes it clear that there's something for everyone, regardless of your military background. If you have any questions about this interview or ideas for a future topic, I'd love to hear from you. Please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Lee. Thanks for joining the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you because, you know, we've recently launched this partnership um, with a couple of different businesses, actually, and we'll talk about that in more detail here. But I know that you'll be a great guest today for this topic. And, you know, I think this will be very valuable information for our listeners and hopefully give them a different perspective on some of these topics if they don't know much about the industry or, you know, any of the things that we'll talk about today. I think you'll provide a wealth of knowledge. So before we get into all of that, can you go ahead and tell me a little bit about your military background? You bet. In 1976, I enlisted and uh, was active duty for four years, then went in the reserves Got my commission in 1982 and uh, was an infantry officer for several years. Probably about halfway through my career, I switched to a career field called civil affairs, which I love. Just it was so different than the normal military. And that got me into a position where 95% of all resources in civil affairs uh, are reservists. So once the tempo picked up after 9-11, I did quite a bit more active duty. So I ended up with about 10 and a half years active duty, 36 years altogether, and retired as a colonel. I, and I, it was the U.S. Army I was in. Wow, that's a pretty impressive. I think that might be the longest. Um, I don't want any of our other guests to hear this and think that they've had the same <laughs> same length of career. So maybe we've had, but this is definitely one of the longest. So that's really awesome. No, I, it helped me in so many ways. I was a farm boy from East Tennessee and went into the military for the GI Bill and found out that I had so much to learn. So I learned from my peers and from the system and just grew through the ranks. And it was great for me as a person. Yeah, that's great. So you're from East Tennessee. Where are you located currently? Currently, I live north of Seattle on Orcas Island. It's kind of an idyllic little place in the San Juan Islands. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Well, awesome. Thank you so much again for joining. We've got a lot to talk about today. Um, before we kind of get into Salute Mission Critical and Infrastructure Masons, I want to you know, hear a little bit more about your civilian career path and how you decided on a career in the data center, center industry. So can you talk a little bit about that? You bet. Uh, when I got out of the military, I went into a program for apprentice programmers, and it was way back in assembler and COBOL language on mainframes, and was a programmer for probably 10 years or so, and then switched to distributed computing to deploy local area networks and wide area networks, and did that for quite a while, and then ended up working with a data center company called Exodus right before the turn of the century. 
and that was just by accident. There was an opportunity came up and that introduced me to data centers. And as that industry began to grow, yeah, I loved it. It had everything that you could want because in today's society, if you touch a cell phone or you get on the internet, you're interacting with many data centers across the world, depending on the network maps. So it, I could see that this was a critical component to how our economy was gonna grow and today, we see data centers are that critical infrastructure. And even during this COVID, we've seen that our workers at the data centers are consider, considered essential services workers. So it gives you to be part of a bigger mission. And I think a lot of military people like that is to be part of something bigger is that I keep my data center up and running. Uh, that means the internet's up and running. That means we can do e-commerce and we can do banking transactions. And it's just been a great career path. The problem with it is that I got into it by accident and a lot of people did and the visibility of the data center industry is very small and that's why I'm a big advocate for trying to raise awareness in the military for the data center industry because it uses every skill set that you could think of every MOS has a place in the data center industry. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those industries that's not going anywhere in fact I'm sure Lee just since you've been part of the industry it has changed so drastically. I mean, all industries really have with, you know, any kind of technology developments and as the world changes, things, you know, develop and, but, the, but this industry specifically, I think has probably, you've probably seen a ton of change in this since you started. And it's going to continue to change and to grow. And that's where the opportunity is for veterans. Uh, what I learned in the military besides so many other things is it gave me a passion for learning and for reinventing myself on a continuous basis. And in this industry, if you sit still, you're going to be left behind. You have to always be learning and pushing the envelope. And I, that's what I love about it. Mm -hmm. And it's very true what you say in terms of there not being a lot of visibility on the industry, which is it's kind of surprising when you think about everything that the data center means for our everyday life and everything that you use and you know if you watch netflix anything that you're doing essentially relates back to the data center and i think a lot of people don't know that you know we use these products and um like you mentioned e-commerce e all these things that were that are so deeply ingrained in our everyday lives but we don't think about the how when it comes to those things exactly and w with the entire uh, the whole process we've gone through the last three months i think people have seen the value of it even more as the remote workforce is using all of the online tools to be able to have virtual meetings all of that's running through data centers mm -hmm. that is a very good point we <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think where we would be without that in the current climate with everybody at home so um you know, what have, since you've been part of this industry for so long through so many changes, like we've just mentioned, the landscape has changed so much. And um, I'm sure you've learned just so much that's going to be great for you to share with us. But what have been some of the highlights? Has it been that growth and the, you know, changing of the landscape and being able to learn all those things? Or is there something else that stands out to you? Just uh, the growth kind of drives a lot of things in the industry and with growth comes opportunity, but the continuous innovation and in technology is exciting too. Where 10, 20 years ago, we were dealing with different problems and trying to scale the data centers and get them to where they could be 
uh, efficient from a heating and cooling point of view. We've moved past that. Uh, that technology is in place. Those uh, infrastructure components are in place. And now we're trying to figure out how to virtualize data centers and how to shift workloads and how to really leverage the network. And it's continuously learning and making it where you can deliver more with less. And that challenge keeps you always learning, but also planning and executing in such a way that you can take advantage of it in a timely basis because it is about speed to market with a lot of the initiatives going on. And that's one of the skills that I took from the military that really helped me in this space was the ability to think strategically and act and execute tactically because of the planning that goes into it and my ability to plan. I, I credit with the military and the courses that they put me through and the activity and experience that I got. Mm -hmm. Now, you're very passionate about this and obviously incredibly knowledgeable. And so I want to talk a little bit about one of your latest business ventures. Um, I guess it's not latest. You've been doing it, I think, for almost a decade now, but salute, salute mission critical. So you are a co-founder. What was your mission when you initially started this business? Back in 2012, I was retiring from the military. I had done my time, but I still wanted to serve. I still felt a kinship with my uh, fellow servicemen and women. At that time, we'd come out of a recession, and the unemployment rate for 25 to 35-year-old uh, veterans was almost 25%, and it made no sense to me. It was far greater than people who had not served. So I wanted to be able to fix that. And what I found in the investigation was that people considered veterans unskilled, and veterans are not unskilled. They're multiple skills. They just may not have the skills that fit your particular box, but you can give them that. So I knew I knew this industry. I knew that I knew operations, and I could build training programs around that would be able to leverage all of the great skills that veterans have in, in critical thinking and problem solving and teamwork, take that into our organization, teach them the technical attributes that they need to be able to operate in a data center, teach them the safety procedures and start a company. So we did that. We put the company together. We started out small, doing small projects and grew. We're now in nine countries with over 350 full-time staff. We've put a couple thousand veterans through our program and they ascended on into the industry. And very much like the military, we're set up to take a veteran, infantry, truck driver, cook, whatever skill set you have and help them become world-class data center technicians. And that launches them into a career where they can choose if they want to get a degree and go down in mechanical engineering or electrical engineering or networking, all kinds of paths that they could take from there. But they're with us maybe three or four years, just like the military. And then our clients may hire them into their ranks and we replace them and continue the cycle. So we have a great supply chain set up so that in an industry that's got an enormous personnel shortage, we can be a, a feeding system to our clients. And we do that with many of the clients that have understood the value that we can bring is they'll have us do their data center services. And as our workforce matures and gets to the point where they can take the next step, they hire them into their ranks and we backfill them and everybody's happy. So it's been a fun ride. Salute Mission Critical has had such an impact uh, on the community, on veterans and their families. We've had, uh, depending on the year, it's been as much as 12% of those we've hired were homeless when we hired them. So we're helping to address that problem, been recognized by the Veterans Administration. And just across the board, it helps the industry, it helps veterans. I, I'm tickled with what we've done so far. 
Mm-hmm. That's great. And are there any success stories, um, maybe just like a personal success story from, you know, one person that you helped or just the business overall that you'd like to share? There's so many great human interest stories. We've got uh, people that uh, they were living in inner city and wanted to stretch out of that, joined the military, went and served their time in combat and came back. And some of them are sad stories. Uh, you know, they lost more friends back home because of gang violence than they did in, in the desert. And now they've risen above that. They've moved through our ranks. They've graduated on and been hired by the client. They've got full careers and have started a new life. Uh, it really comes down to if you can give somebody a job that they can excel at and they propel themselves, they become self-sufficient. There's no need for handouts. There's just need for opportunities. And that's what I wanted to drive to veterans was an opportunity that if this is the kind of stuff you like doing, we can get you engaged and we can get you started on a career path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really fantastic. So for anyone who's listening, like we said, it's a little bit underrepresented. Like a lot of people don't necessarily know a lot about the data center. You kind of alluded to this earlier and gave a little bit of an overview, but is there anything you think we missed to kind of set the stage before we move into the next part of the conversation? Anything you want people to know about data center who might be listening? Yes. One thing is real important, especially for veterans that are in the skill sets that are considered non-technical. If your aspiration is to continue doing something similar, you want to continue driving a truck or working loading docks or being a security guard, those are all available in the data center industry. You don't have to be a technician. Every skill set that the military has, the data center industry uses uh, telecommunications, networking, but we also need security guards. We need people that are cleaning the data centers, people that are working the loading docks and taking the assets in and inventory in them and pushing them on. So there is not a single specialty that I can think of that cannot be adapted to the data center. And some of them are not so obvious. We ran into a recruit recently. Most people had never heard of data centers, but they were a water purification uh, specialist. Water purification people have a, a great spot in the data center industry because that's part of the cooling systems and the maintenance of the data centers and the water systems. The, those guys and girls all have a spot that they can come to uh, just based on that specialty. But even if you're a cook, we found that cooks make great project managers. If you have someone that can plan three meals a day for a few hundred people and execute it in even the most austere environments, that's a great project manager. They can plan and execute. And so th there is not a single veteran that could not have a career in this industry. That's it. I really appreciate you mentioning that because that's something that we try to do here too at Orion is just to try to get people to see the big picture. And the example that you just used about a cook and then becoming a project manager, I'm sure that's something that a lot of people would have never thought of. Or even, you know, with these industries, people, I think, kind of know a little bit about the industry or maybe they even just, you know, hear what the industry is called and they think, oh, they automatically assume they know what types of jobs are going to be available to them within that industry. And so I like what you are saying about keeping an open mind and understanding that this is an industry for everybody. There's really something to do regardless of your military background. So I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's something great for our listeners to keep in mind. Absolutely. So another organization we're going to talk about, because we did talk a little bit about Salute Mission Critical already, but where I want to talk a little bit more is about infrastructure masons, because that's kind of where I see this being the 
probably the biggest resource to people who are listening to the podcast. Infrastructure Masons, I know, helps veterans gain entry into the digital infrastructure industry. And so I want you to give our listeners a little bit more information about what you guys do there. So can you give an overview of Infrastructure Masons and just talk a little bit about um, really its purpose, kind of specifics, or at least the depth of the membership and even the growth that you've seen since you've been involved with the organization? You bet. So about a year and a half ago, uh, we crossed paths and found out that we had a lot of shared values and common goals. And we established a strategic partnership between Salute and Infrastructure Masons. I came on and serve on the advisory council and I, I run the military program with Infrastructure Masons. But they, IM does so much more than just military. We've got scholarship programs that if you're a member, you have access to. We've got thought leader symposiums that push out information that makes you think of how you can build sustainable data centers and run them as efficiently as possible and reduce your carbon footprint. The Infrastructure Masons is really, it's a professional association focused on giving back to the industry and helping build it. When you look at the membership and the advisory council and the leadership in it, it is the who's who of the data centers. Uh, we calculated up based on membership and there's about a hundred billion, not million, billion dollars worth of infrastructure projects currently being managed and deployed by members of Infrastructure Masons. We span 139 countries and the membership has more than 715 patents under their belt. So in this association, by offering free membership to veterans to join, they can join before they're out of the military even. They can start becoming attuned with the important trends that are happening, the forward thinking processes that we're going through to try to make sure that the data center continues to fuel the digital economy and is this stable and reliable infrastructure, but the constantly changing and morphing to do even more with all of the technology that's going to be developed. So veterans can become a part of this and they can have access to the scholarship programs we have. They can join the different groups. We have a group that's focused on gender parity in the industry to get more women into the industry. And we've got resource groups that are driving diversity into the industry. We even have a great group, the millennials that are driving uh, more young talent into the industry. And the cool thing about veterans is they fit in all these categories. So Infrastructure Mason saw that by working closely with Salute and getting veterans into the data center industry that we, we hit on so many of our core goals of trying to drive diversity and gender parity into the industry can be done with veterans. And what greater resource pool to tap into to, than people that have already had thousands of dollars worth of training invested in them and served our country nobly. So yeah. that's the infrastructure masons. It's the place to connect with the industry if people want to, and we offer this free to any veterans. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's really the key benefit here is that it's a free service. And what you said is great that people can, they can join it when they're still in the military. So it's kind of just a way to get your foot in the door and kind of start thinking about and planning before you're even necessarily ready to, you know, interview for a job. And so it's a great way to educate yourself prior to your military transition. And I think uh, the partnership that we're going to announce here at the end of the month with you guys is going to be great because it's going to give us even wider reach. Our focus in the Veterans Initiative at Infrastructure Masons is to raise awareness in the military and Orion has such a rich history and connectivity to the military and the transition sites that 
just getting that word out through your distribution will be a great increase to the visibility. So I'm very excited about that partnership as well. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you've mentioned some of the resources that are available to veterans who sign up for IM, but what, in your opinion, just based on feedback that you've heard, what do you think has been kind of the most valuable resource that people find in some of the feedback that you've gotten so far? I think it's the network, the connection to other people in the industry that have been there, done that, that you can learn from and see in their articles that they post, but also just that connectivity that uh, you're coming out of the military, you have this skill set, you can touch them and say, I'm going to be available. Everybody at Infrastructure Masons is dealing with the same personnel shortage. And to be able to have veterans know about our uh, industry, we have a page where we list out all of the veteran-friendly programs, and they can tap into that and see the great programs that are going on at all of the large companies and even mid-sized companies that are seeking veterans to be hired into their ranks and get access to those personnel. And uh, I just think the network, I've never gotten a job because of my resume. I've always gotten a job because of my network, and I think that works well for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think when people are leaving the military, they're seeking that type of network because it's really no secret. Um, obviously, this is why Orion exists, right, is that it's it can be hard to find a job as you're leaving the military. You might need help with your resume or, you know, you're just afraid that when you apply online, you're going to get counted out based on even some of the keywords that some of these applicant tracking systems are looking for. I mean, there's so many things that are working against you. And I think that the um, really the best way to get a job, like you just said, is through some sort of network or referral. Um, that's always your your best chance of getting, you know, seen and interviewed because your resume can be overlooked. It's so easy to, for it to get lost in the shuffle when, you know, someone's receiving, who knows, upwards of hundreds of resumes each day for one open position online. Exactly. So and the scholarships are awesome for people who are wanting to continue their education. The learning from the leaders in the industry is awesome, but it really, the network, I think, is powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So what are some some of the partners you've mentioned that you said you have the who's who of companies who are in the um the data industry. And I've actually looked at the website. So I've seen some of the companies that are listed on there, and you are definitely right. Can you kind of give an overview of some of the big names that people would recognize? And then also, what does that mean for them? So are they able to connect with, you know, these companies? And is that someone who would be part of their network, like you were mentioning? Yeah, you look at uh, the website, you'll see uh, just a list of huge companies out there that are really setting the trend and changing things in our world. Google with Joe Cava on the advisory council, Christian Bellotti from Microsoft. Uh, there's folks from Facebook and Stream and uh, Edge Connects is on there, and they, they've they been doing a lot to lead the data center, not just in large data centers, but to the edge. And that's a thing that a lot of veterans will find out is that We've got opportunities, not just for every specialty, but for every location you could imagine. We've got large data centers in rural areas. We've got data centers that are gonna roll out to what we call the edge, which means everywhere. So there's gonna be jobs wherever you want to end up living, but you'll be connected to the leaders of this industry. Dean Nelson is the chairman of Infrastructure Masons. He's had a great career in the industry and is now in the giving back mode and has worked with Uber and eBay and all of the companies that you hear about, the internet companies are a part of this. And 
yeah, I'd encourage everyone to go out to the website and see the list of companies that are represented on the advisory council and know that it's that leadership and that foresight that's really driving the organization and helping to drive that thought leadership, whether it's into the regulatory environment or into technology companies, it's really driving ahead to ensure that we're hitting on all cylinders, keeping up with the digital economy and doing it in a sustainable fashion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've talked about some of the military backgrounds that are a good fit for this in terms of um, the short answer is that they're all a good fit. So uh, just to kind of circle back to that real quick, though, Lee, do you think that with your experience working with infrastructure masons and sloop mission critical, do you still see that there is a big disconnect where people are thinking that it's only for, um, you know, candidates that have technical aptitudes? Or do you think that people have had a more open mind and um, you're seeing people from more diverse military backgrounds come to you to learn more? We're, uh, we're just now, I think, in the stage of really getting the awareness out there. So uh, in a year, I could probably give you better stats, but we are seeing people overcome the hurdle of, hey, I was an infantry in the military. I, there's no spot for me here. And then realize an infantryman has to maintain their equipment, their weapon systems, their vehicle, their communication system. They follow procedures to do that. That sounds like a data center technician to me. They just need to be taught the technology. So if we can get people to look beyond the MOS and understand what they did to just support and exist within that environment, the skills are very transferable and the employers get it. We've been preaching this. So on the re receiving end, they get it and they'll be able to match people up. We just need to raise awareness with veterans and let them know that there's thousands of jobs going unfilled right now in this industry because we haven't been able to tap into the resource and of the over 2000 people that have come through salute i can count on both hands how many have heard of data centers it's kind of an invisible industry and working together with orion and infrastructure masons and salute i think that we can raise that awareness and get veterans turning to us as an alternative if this is the thing they want to do there may be other career fields thereafter but if you want to be part of the digital economy and that infrastructure that fuels that this is the place to be. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're talking about people that might have a background that they don't think would be a good fit for a role within the data center, it makes me think of a lot of times we will have clients that ask us if we can build them some sort of, you know, like MOS translator to where they can just plug in somebody's pay grade or their military occupation and it'll spit out some positions within their organization that they'd be a good fit for. And kind of based on what you're saying, we always advise against something like that in same for, you know, military to civilian, if you're a military candidate, relying heavily on something like that, because it really can count you out for so many things if you're just going based on what's on paper. I, I totally agree. I, you're preaching to the choir there. I think that they sell veterans short and veterans sell themselves short when they use the MOS translators. No matter what your specialty was in the military, you do so much more than what you think. And the infantry person is a good example of that. Cooks are a great example of it. Two years ago uh, in our industry, we award a thing for career performance over a lifetime and who's had the most influence. And the guy that got it, Pitt Turner, started out as a National Guard cook uh, many, many years ago during the Vietnam War. And, so he started out with those humble beginnings, got his education, drove up through a career in the industry and had an enormous influence on this industry and was recognized for it. But he started out as a cook. 
And that's what we need to always bear in mind is it doesn't matter what you served at, all military members, all veterans are going to come out with leadership skills, critical thinking abilities, and you can't put those in a box. You need to have the interview, ask the probing questions, and look beyond the MOS. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. And I, I would even take that a little bit further. I believe I saw a statistic that um, it's over half of veterans indicate a desire to pursue, pursue a career different from what their military specialty was. And so that's important for employers to know as well. So they're not just looking at someone's you know, military occupation and say, well, they could never do this. That's not what they did in the military. It's not, it's not really about that. It's about some of those intangibles that you just mentioned as well. Exactly. And I had that dual career of military and civilian, and it really helped me out because when I was in uniform, I was doing civil affairs or infantry, but I was learning and planning and understanding logistics and taking that back to my workplace. I think some of the most overlooked valuable resources out there are active guard and reserve people that are serving and continuously learning too. So there's no accounting for the value that you get that cannot be put into a spreadsheet or into a MOS tool. Mm-hmm. And for you having that background of kind of having one foot in the military, one foot in the civilian world, that gives you such a unique perspective to be in the role that you're in now and being able to work with both, you know, civilian organizations and also with people coming out of the military. You you definitely have a, a lot of background on both sides. Cool. So I hope that if nothing else, what someone takes out of this interview is no matter what your specialty was in the military, there is a place for you in the data center industry. Base it on your aptitude and your desire. And all you have to do is throw in some hard work. And I think you'll be a phenomenal success in this industry. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, Lee, real quickly, I just want to, I know you had mentioned the website. So is that just how veterans should get involved if they're interested in you know, creating a membership with Infrastructure Masons, which again, that is a free membership. So um, they just go to the website. I think it's pretty self-explanatory because I looked at it as well, just to, you know, see. And we'll, of course, include a link when we do the podcast. We'll include it in the show notes. But is there anything else that you would recommend in terms of, you know, do you guys have social media channels or anything else that they should do on that regard? We do have some social media. We're going to be getting better uh, working with Orion on that for getting visibility to the veterans. Uh, We've got a brochure that's got a lot of links on it that we're getting out to the transition assistance programs, uh, working in conjunction with you guys. But definitely the best place to start is that website and do the join and start poking around and seeing what information is available. They can always contact me too. I love hearing from other veterans and hearing about their journey and see if I can help. We've got a lot of things going on, but there's always time to help somebody out. But the Infrastructure Mason site will give them a chance to start hearing what's going on, kind of get the tempo and see where the most activity is. And then they can go from there because we have a whole whole page dedicated to veterans where it's got the military friendly programs. And it'd be worth if you haven't gotten off of active duty going out there and looking at those links and seeing what might be attractive to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And there, I can speak to that. There are tons of great resources on there. So I would encourage everybody to go check that out. And Lee, again, I'm so grateful that you were able to join and talk to us about this today. I think you offer tons of great information. And like you said, there's something for everyone. And so this podcast is applicable to anybody, regardless of your military occupation, um, regardless of where you want to live when you transition out. It's just, there's such a 
there's really a blank canvas for what you could be doing in this industry. And so I appreciate you coming on and talking about that a little bit. Is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with? Any words of wisdom or closing thoughts? I just, um, back to don't let your specialty define you. You've got so much more than that that often gets overlooked. The soft skills are much more valuable than you think, and this industry needs veterans. So it's a it's a win-win for everybody. So I'm excited with the partnership we've got going on with Orion and looking forward to the next year and the, making the impact even greater than we have. Mm -hmm. And to that point, our candidates, anyone who's listening to this, you'll be hearing more about the partnership. Once this podcast comes out, we'll have some other resources to follow. So we are just, we're equally as excited about that, Lee, and we can't wait to continue to partner with you guys. Thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.